Hello everyone, welcome to Column for Christ podcast. This is the third episode that you'll be viewing today. I'm your host, Crystal Yang, and today I have a special guest with me today. A few or maybe all or maybe some of you may know him, but his name is Jeffrey Kerr and he's an assistant pastor at New Life Fellowship Church. Um, and currently he's attending Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary School to get his master's in divinity, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. All right, so I'm excited to do this with Pastor Jeffrey because we've ser served alongside one another in church and also going to Peru together for a missions trip. And so we've had a life, we've shared a lot of life together. And so uh, we've been family friends for a long time as well. And um, I think my fondest memory with you was, I don't know, several years back and we were playing volleyball and you made the funniest comment ever. And after, after that, I couldn't play anymore. It's just too funny. But um, so it's awesome to have this opportunity to sit down with Jeffrey today to discuss something that he's very passionate about. And I love whenever he talks about the subject and the importance of family discipleship. So with that said, let's get started. Okay, so before we jump in, Jeff, I wanted us to talk about um, what family discipleship is. And before doing that, I just want to throw out some statistics that I had um, heard on the radio 92.3 but also a few items that i researched after hearing it on the radio so on the radio i had actually heard that four out of the five four out of five students in evangelical churches will drop out of church by the time they are a senior in high school mm -hmm. and not only that but for every 10 men in church nine of those men who have children um, those children would not return to church after college. And so the host at that time stated that parents were failing the role that God had ordained them to take. And they were entrusting their child's spiritual growth to the church. And if that wasn't the case, then they were too focused on uh, their child's success in school or in sports. And so um, can you give us an idea of what family discipleship exactly is and why we see this um, culture of young of a younger generation drop out of church and um, and where do we see that in the Bible as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, those are pretty alarming stats there. Um, you know, but for the most part, we really don't see like the phrasing like family discipleship in Scripture, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what we do see is a lot of underlying principles that put weight and value into parents investing in the lives of their children, right? Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, just, just to start us off, like we see in Genesis 1, right? When God made um, man and woman, said so he made them in their image, right? And he told them to be fruitful and to multiply, mm -hmm. right? And then we get into Genesis 2, um, we see Adam, you know, God telling Adam to work and keep the garden and to protect, yeah. right? And again, this is all pre-fall, right? And he made Eve to be a suitable helper for him to kind of, you know, begin partaking in this working and keeping and in this... Um, being fruitful and multiplying. And so like right off the beginning, we see that, you know, the family itself is, is a man-made, I mean, it is a God-made um, institution. It's not man-made, mm -hmm. right? It's not as if God looked into creation and saw like Adam and Eve, like calling themselves mom and dad. And they're like, wow, this is pretty cool. I'm going to use this as an image to mm -hmm. display my love for you guys on earth, right? No, it's that God has always been father from the beginning. And he had designed it this way, right? Mm -hmm. um, so with that being said, then, as we begin to go through just like Genesis, for example, we begin to see that the family becomes like this primary kind of background and context for where like everything begins to happen, right? In terms yeah. of their relationship with the Lord, mm -hmm. in terms of the reality of sin and brokenness. Um, you look at Cain and Abel, right? Just like next chapter over, Cain and Abel, right? 
And you, you begin to see Abraham and his son uh, and his family dynamics. You begin to see uh, Jacob and Esau. You begin to see Joseph and the whole ordeal with his brothers. You begin to see that the family is a place where um, there is a primary experience there with the Lord and mm-hmm. as well as with just like the reality of life and sin and brokenness. Um, and then you begin to see these layers begin to be unpacked in like Deuteronomy 6, right? Mm-hmm. Where God begins to instill um, through Moses to teach his um, to teach the, the nation of Israel to begin to instruct their children in the things of who God is, right? Mm-hmm. So again, like Deuteronomy 6 is um, the whole passage where, where God says, you know, the Lord your God is one, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And and, um, and so then uh, in Deuteronomy, Moses begins to unpack the idea that they're supposed to teach their kids these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and frequently and repetitively, like mm-hmm. in the everyday of their life, they're supposed to be um, about the things of the Lord to their children, right? Um, we get to see in Proverbs, right, one eight, Proverbs twenty two six, mm-hmm. these places here where um, you know there is wisdom in training the children, right, and up in the ways of the Lord, and there's wisdom for children to begin to adhere to the teaching of their parents, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the time you get to the New Testament, all the way until that time, you're going to see that you know even Paul begins to emphasize like in, in Ephesians, right, the reality of Ephesians, like hey, like because we're adopted as sons, right, in the first few chapters, right, because we're adopted as sons. Um, because we have this life that was given to us as a gift, right? It was mm-hmm. by grace that you were saved. Um, because you've been sealed by the Spirit. Because mm-hmm. of this whole reality is true. Because you are one now in Christ. Yeah. Therefore, then you should live your life in these ways. And begins to unpack those things. And it gets to the idea of the family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the children obey your parents, right? And honor them. It is, mm-hmm. it is good for you, right? And begin to say, fathers, do not, you know, bring your kids to a place where you, like, exasperate them. Or you stir them up to be, like frustrated and angered right mm-hmm. but you train them up in the ways of the lord um and so therefore because of these kind of principles like that kind of surround you know a lot of the narratives in scripture we see that the family is is a very important place for a lot of these things to be happening mm-hmm. because it is again if this is a primary place for our life experiences then it's a primary place for us uh, mm-hmm. that we should be hearing about the lord in these kind of uh, in these contexts right? mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it sounds like from what you're saying we should be experiencing this relationship that God created. We should be experiencing God in the family relationship. Mm-hmm. And that would probably be our first and foremost experience as a child growing up. That mm-hmm. it should be in the household. It shouldn't be at church. And it should be kept uh, where God had ordained it to to be, where he had began it, in, began it in Genesis. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't draw such a harsh line of saying, like, we should experience it in church, right? Because, mm-hmm. again, like, at the same time, that's, you know, yeah, the church is the the council of the saints, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, yeah, we should be experiencing it there too. But at the same time, we can't neglect either or, right? Mm-hmm. We can't we can't put too much emphasis on either or, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be a holistic kind of picture. Yeah, for us. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're 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 both both the family and both the church should be working seamlessly because yeah. essentially we are all a family together yeah. that God is restoring. Right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like you can't really you know mm-hmm. make such a harsh you know break between the two. I think mm-hmm. that's harmful if we do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Just giving us a, a narrative view and just throwing in a few Bible, uh, a few of the contents of the Bible to just show us that even though there's not a clear cut definition in the Bible, God, God has it. Show, he illustrates it through the different families. He illustrates mm-hmm. it through um, the words that Jesus says mm-hmm. through uh, King Solomon mm-hmm. and whatnot. So yeah. I think that's great. So now that we have an idea of what family discipleship is in the Bible and how it looks like in the Bible, um, let's talk a little bit how it is an instrument that God is using um, 
for his redemption plan. Yeah. So growing up in the Mon Church, you and I we've been we've gone to um, a Mon Church our whole life, but then you mm -hmm. had the experience of um, being going to chapel at Tacoa Falls as yeah. well with your undergrad, and you were able to experience um, a different kind of church yeah. as well. And I went, I've gone to different other churches in Kansas City um, to see you know the different perspectives. But I've heard a number of people say that this. This whole young people dropping out of the church mm -hmm. thing is a moan yeah. thing. It's a moan church because we're too old in mm -hmm. our traditions. But the reality of it is that it's actually happening in churches outside of the moan community too. Depravity and the sin to seek things are not of God doesn't isn't just in the moan church, but it's also in other ethnicities. It's mm -hmm. also in other uh, denominations. Lifeway Lifeway research actually stated in one of their articles that. The reality is that Protestant, sorry, Protestant church continue to see the new generation walk away as mm -hmm. young adults. Regardless of external factors, the Protestant church is slowly shrinking within. Mm -hmm. And I went to a luncheon as well with, um, I forgot his name, gosh, but uh, one of the doctors had come to MBTS and we had a luncheon. So he talked about even in the Southern Baptist church mm -hmm. or a Southern Baptist denomination, um, they're standing up five, seven hundred churches a day, but they're also closing uh, about a thousand churches as well. So they mm -hmm. need to uh, be able to continue to grow churches mm -hmm. and church plant because uh, they, there's these young people that are always dropping out. And so they have to close these churches down. Mm -hmm. um, so churches from all over, just, you know, not just. Uh, Kansas or, or the Midwest, but all over the nation are experiencing mm -hmm. this thing where young people are walking out and churches are closing. Um, and so with that said, being a youth pastor, you primarily work um, in youth ministry. How can family discipleship be an in instrument to counterattack mm -hmm. these things that may be uh, of sin or may be yeah. of the devil's work or, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a very good question. Um, and I feel like, you know, in terms of what you mentioned too, like, you know, this issue is not just within our context too, right? Mm -hmm. I think the evangelical church as a whole um, has not really figured this out, right? This idea of how do we continue to multiply in light mm -hmm. of our young people, in light of um, others. And I feel like, you know, as a whole, depending on the context, depending on, you know, however the church is kind of set up and structured, right? Um, that churches will begin, to, will be, not begin, they need to have conversations, right? About how they continue to multiply um, and create a space for that to happen. Um, before I go into just family discipleship in light of being an answer for that, I still think that, um, and because I do work with young people, I am still very hopeful though. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I have seen a lot of, uh, a handful of young men and women who are passionate about the Lord, right? Young men and women who, uh, are, love the Lord and, and want to pursue him and treasure him above all things. Right. And at the same time, as we want to be focused on how we can continue to multiply in light of um of like family contexts right in the lives of our children right mm -hmm. that we cannot neglect those who are still here though mm -hmm. right? and we cannot neglect equipping those individuals as well to live for the purposes of, that god would have for them right mm -hmm. yeah, um, so it's like as we are as we are looking to seek out that lost yeah. sheep we are keeping a hold of our 99 as well yeah right? like we'd be mindful of those things too mm -hmm. right yeah um but with that being said like i think again i go back to this idea that again the family is a primary place for our experiences. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think that is by mistake or by accident. Mm -hmm. I think that's by the design of God. Mm -hmm. um, and we see that, you know, one's family of origin plays such a big role in one's development as a, as a person, right? And I think even 
um, those who are non-believers would agree with that statement, right? That the family of origin is very crucial, right? We see mm -hmm. we see so many stats, we see even TV shows built upon this idea of just like, you know, like family and how that plays a role in terms of just like criminals or, mm -hmm. um, you know, poverty or those kind of things. Just all those things unpacked, we see that the family definitely has a role in how those people develop. Mm -hmm. um, now, in terms of the church then, how much so can we begin to see that you know this is god's design for us mm -hmm. right and and how much good would it be for us to see the fruit in us making if this is the primary place right mm -hmm. then making this a place for them to hear about the lord mm -hmm. right making, making it a place for them to to be taught and instructed in the ways of the lord and, and to hear his word and to see and to learn how to pray to learn how to read to learn how to how to see mom and dad love each other intentionally mm -hmm. in, in, in a very intentional way right and i think that if we begin to um if parents and children begin to heed the principles of scripture, then we mm -hmm. can um, see the fruit in, in, in God's kind of intention for us, right? Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, with that being said, too, I think that there, there's um, maybe a disconnect between parents and feeling like they can't do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, I think in light of that, I think the churches have to come alongside parents as well mm -hmm. and equip them um, in a way to where they can walk in these ways. Yeah. And not be so timid about it. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. And it, so it's, it's kind of like a ripple effect then. Family discipleship, it can't be an instrument if the parent parents themselves are not equipped by the church. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes back to um, not, not to blame the church, not yeah, to say okay. that they're not doing a great job. Right. But uh, what is the church doing to help equip the parents be the parents that God's called them to yeah. be, that God has said, um, you know, don't exasperate your children or love your children and, and, and teach them the ways of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So how do we equip their parents to do that? And if we don't, then mm -hmm. we create this ripple effect where if that doesn't happen, then yeah. family discipleship won't happen. Yeah. Um, so then it, it sounds like we have to work together at, you know, all the churches, yeah. not just uh, the different denominations, but we have to work together um, as a family and body yeah. of of Christ to create this, um, to to equip the parents so that we can uh, become the seamless um, the seamless unit because mm -hmm. it's not just the family and it's not just the church. We're not separated, mm -hmm. but we, God created the family, right? Mm -hmm. But God created the church, and we're to work together to bring about God's kingdom mm -hmm. together. Yeah. So I think a lot of times, like even for me. Um, you know, I always saw it as two different units, yeah. right? But then like just kind of listening to us talk about this, it's it's really two separate um, distinct distinctions, but one unit for the glory of God and mm -hmm. all works together. Yeah. 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 And I think too, like, um, you know, because again, working a lot with our young people, like I'm starting to see that, um, like even youth ministry itself we really don't exist on our own, right? The mm -hmm. ministry itself, like the health of that ministry and like how far we go is really dependent on the church as a whole, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and not just the church itself, but like how, how things happen at home, right? Because mm -hmm. we always talk about like, we only get these kids for like maybe one one day a week, mm -hmm. right? We only see these young young kids for, you know, like on a Sunday, right? Or on a Wednesday. Other than that, they're home, right? Mm -hmm. And so there should be that consistency there too, that when they go home, they should still... Um, see that the Lord is something to treasure above all things, right? Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, um, especially in our, uh, 
you know, even our context right here in North America, right? We're so consumed and distracted by a lot of things mm-hmm. yeah. that, that it can be easy to just, to just, you know, in some way we may not mean to, but we draw a, a distinct line. Like, hey, we're going to church now, right? Yeah. For the rest of the week, like, this is, this is like, I don't want to say real life, but for me growing up, it kind of felt like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Sunday is church stuff, Wednesday is church stuff, but then everything else we do, like, this is real life stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And this is stuff that kind of matters, you know? That, that, that's kind of echoed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we may not, you know, knowingly want to do that mm-hmm. but for me growing up i kind of felt like it was kind of like mm-hmm. that kind of very sharp duality there too you know i think as a whole as a church and i think as people of god we have to be mindful like of thinking through how we can uh, continue to to be consistent and seeing like to just seeing like how we just live as the people of god like, yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I think you bring up a good point too like looking back in my life it definitely was Sunday church mm-hmm. and then Wednesday if we did go you know yeah. then it'll be Wednesday church but then growing up we did go to Wednesday night a lot but again that seemed like there's I had a church life I had a personal yeah. life I had a school life but yeah. then um, I think the challenge the challenge now really seems to be how do we um, how do we inform and educate and bring awareness to the family and the church that we're not to live these separate lives yeah. but we are to live really as one unit mm-hmm. so that it seems so that for example when jay and i have children it's not yeah. oh it's church time but it's hey this is our lifestyle yeah. this is us living for christ and serving mm-hmm. the church you mm-hmm. know and i think that's something that we'll have to um like further discuss and, yeah definitely and like figure that out yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah <laughs> yeah so um how so like with me talking about jay and family discipleship and whatnot what what are some practical things that or what are some practical ways to facilitate discipleship in the family mm, yeah i mean those are very good that's a very good question i feel like um i want to be careful not to be too like okay if we do this 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 then then yeah it'll mm-hmm, be a success mm-hmm. right but i think that we just we have to begin to instill healthy habits and practices and disciplines in our family life right that we would see in our even our own personal lives right mm-hmm. like scripture reading um finding intentional time to create a space for that to happen in life of your home right mm-hmm. Um, prayer times, finding intentional time to come together and pray, right? Um, and I think too, along with that, um, might be a little more difficult and what might need to happen more in light of like a more organic kind of instance is, is creating a safe place to wrestle with difficulties and, and, and questions with children, mm-hmm. um, especially with like young teens. Cause like we work with these young teens, like a lot of them don't feel that home is a safe place to wrestle with these questions mm-hmm. that they have. Right? Yeah. Um, or they don't even feel like church is a safe place mm-hmm. to feel like it's, it's a you know a place where I can come with these tough questions that the world presents to us right now, and this is a place for me to honestly begin to you know unpack these questions and have these questions mm-hmm. um, addressed. And I feel like um, you know we have to as parents begin thinking about how we can begin to engage with our children in those ways and create a safe place for them to to ask questions, mm-hmm. right? And I feel as if like, you know, mom and dad is just impressing something onto me. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, if I don't hold on to it, then I feel kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'm, I'm in this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but create a safe place for your children to to experience grace and truth. Yeah. Right? Um, and at the same time, I think, you know, we can be mindful of how, um, what is here that I have here? Um, mindful of of living as parents, living out, the lives that God has called us to in a way to where our children can see um, like how a Christian life looks like, mm-hmm. right? like a healthy Christian life, yeah. a vibrant life that is for the Lord, right? Yeah. That treasures him above all things. Um, 
And I think it's healthy for parents to begin to live in a way to where children can see that, yeah, mom and dad's not perfect. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and because we're not perfect, we cling on to Christ. Mm-hmm. And how much can that minister to your children to see that, hey, yeah, mom and dad, um, you know, we are, we do sin, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why, you know, why we continue to to forgive and love each other is because of what Christ has done, right? Uh, and creating an environment where they can see that and, and experience that and mm-hmm. and not trying to impress kind of a false notion that you're perfect, mm-hmm. right? And trying to protect them and like that. But I think they begin to see how the gospel begins to play out in our lives and how that really begins to apply to, to how we live too. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like the whole grace and, and, and living this life mm-hmm. where they see that God's working in their life. I think growing up for me, um, I I feel like grace was never there where we had to work hard and we had to um, we had to uh, just just impress, right? Yeah. Impress and make sure that we get all the straight A's. Maybe it's because we're we're an Asian family. Yeah. I don't know, but it was like <laughs> you have to have a four point four point yeah. You have to make sure you get you know, a scholarship to, mm-hmm. um, to wherever school, whatever school you're trying to go to. But I, I also feel like my parents did a great job balancing that mm-hmm. out with the way that they, um, discipled my, uh, siblings and I too, but mm-hmm. kind of going back to, um, to what the kids see in the home as well. Yeah. Uh, just definitely when for younger children, right. When mm-hmm. they see that their parents act contradictory to what they teach or what they oh, say yeah. then they just shut down They're like well mom and dad says yeah. this but they do this so like why do i have to do it i don't yeah. care and mm-hmm. um even in uh, one of the researchers that i read that um a really big reason as well for children to drop out is that their parents are hypocrites yeah. and if they're yeah. hypocrites why do i need to go to church because yeah. everybody's a hypocrite yeah. you know um and that's one of like the really um, big things that was a big factor. It wasn't just because I went to college and there's no church there, but really a hypocrite was uh, seeing their family be a hypocrite was one of them. And then I also uh, also think too with uh, going back with what you're saying, kind of echoing what you said, but uh, sharing our testimony, sharing our life yeah. to let them know that Christ has worked in our life. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine and she was just saying that she's a little afraid that um, that we, sh- we shouldn't share testimony mm-hmm. so quick to younger folks because they may think it's okay to do it if we've yeah. done it and we've changed. Um, but also um, knowing that when we share testimony, we show the power of Christ. Mm-hmm. We show what he mm-hmm. has done in our life and, mm-hmm. and it gives them the, I- the, the idea and, and the faith that, wow, like if that can happen to them, it can happen to me. Mm-hmm. That Christ just isn't this person that is stagnant, but this person who's mm-hmm. constantly moving in our lives. And I think that's something that's so beautiful about, um, about you know, being a parent one day, yeah. being able to just literally share our life with them, not just in the moment, but in the past of, mm-hmm. hey, like mommy has never ever been like this. You know, she used to be like yeah. this before. And it's okay if you're not um, perfect, you know, because nobody's perfect. Yeah. And that way it opens up an environment to where they can share yeah. us share with us those things that you're saying, you know, be vulnerable um, and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of going down to talk about uh, disciple, more about discipleship. So um, nowadays, and I feel like we've already been talking about this, but um, nowadays discipleship has been outsourced to the churches where there's an expectation that it's the church's responsibility to disciple their children in youth ministry um, but it sounds like though the church's involvement is very essential in the spiritual um, mm-hmm. health of kids and young adults, no amount of church involvement can replace God's ordained responsibility for parents in discipling their children. 
Um, and so in, um, in this whole notion of outsourcing, mm -hmm. um, what are some ways that the church can practically help the parents? We talked mm -hmm. about equipping and yes. all of that already, but you know, what are some practical things that you think um, as a youth pastor, yeah. we can do better? Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, we, we, we have to preach the whole counsel of the word. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we have to preach it faithfully and, and teach it faithfully. Um, and that our, our, our leaders, uh, those who are, who are shepherding the church, have to be um, mindful of just how they, how, how what we're teaching and what we're preaching and how it begins to encapsulate um, kind of this biblical worldview that, that God would have for us, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I feel like teaching and preaching, uh, teaching and preaching ministries have to, we have to preach the whole counsel of the word. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so with that, I feel like we have to intentionally begin to, to come alongside parents as well in terms of creating a culture um, where discipleship is happening amongst um, the church as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that we're experiencing that um, as a whole, and, and we're not just kind of calling parents to do something that they don't know what, what it looks mm -hmm. like, right? Exactly. But but we're we're preaching the word, and then we're coming alongside to say, okay, this is the reality of the word now, and mm -hmm. how like how is this happening in your life? How's how's this unpacked? How's this looking um, in your own life? Mm -hmm. And we're beginning to develop those relationships with um, with all of our individuals across the board in, mm -hmm. in the church. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's a healthy place to start. Um, it's like the church has to do um, an even better job at creating disciple makers who can go and yeah. create disciple makers. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Or we have to, you know, if not a better job, we have to really begin to have conversations about how, like, are, are we being effective in terms mm -hmm. of equipping our people to to begin to disciple and evangelize like Christ has called us to mm -hmm. um, within the context that he would have us, which is home is, is a primary one to have, yeah. you know. Um, and so I feel like we have to be wise about how we're equipping our people to do that. Because mm -hmm. um, like they're not, they can't, they can't teach what they don't know. And yeah. if we don't give the whole counsel of the Word of God or give the whole gospel for what it really is, then then what gospel are they teaching their ch their yeah. children? You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So this next section um, or next topic, it's I thought it would be a little interesting to talk about. So. Um, we like to point blame at the church for things that aren't going right. But yeah. outside of that, in the spiritual realm, we know that, you know, the battle is not against just flesh and blood, but mm -hmm. against spiritual things as well. So do you think the devil has a role in the lack of family discipleship or the lack of discipleship in the church or even with the younger generation dropping out? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even in Genesis 1, we see he began in light of, you know, Adam and Eve, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and like that, that marriage, right? Um, and again, like we mentioned earlier, like we begin to see like this, how sin begins to splinter within the family, right? And so, mm -hmm. of course, like, you know, because if God instituted these things to be the way to where we primarily experience, you know, Him and the goodness of Him mm -hmm. and learn about Him, right? Then if He can, you know, ruin and, and batter the family right then then how devastating would that be you mm -hmm. know um, i think even now we're, we're beginning to see even in our society today that the family is being redefined right yeah marriage is being redefined right um the family unit is being reshaped and reformed mm -hmm. um to 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 look 
a certain way that society wants it to look, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so even that's beginning to be attacked, right? Mm-hmm. And again, like I mentioned earlier, like a lot of our young kids are beginning to see, oh yeah, like um, I have friends who have two moms, you know, or just like things like that. Mm-hmm. My dad has two wives. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, okay, like how do we begin to wrestle through these things, right? Mm-hmm. And how do we begin to help our kids navigate through these things um, when, when all this stuff is already beginning to to be shaped and formed and morphed mm-hmm. into something that mm-hmm. is not what God designed. Yeah. yeah. And, and you see this whole new image of, of the marriage yeah. um, institution be created. And, and it's just interesting to see that what God has created, the devil mm-hmm. seeks to to re to reorchestrate, yeah. right? Um, and I, I just want to go back to the whole marriage thing too. Um, this is something that Jay and I were um, so intrigued by in our premarital counseling that um, our our counselor was telling us that if marriage doesn't work, then the church breaks because the marriage institution is where. And kind of going back to mm-hmm. where you said that. Um, that's where the devil came in. He he broke that, right? Yeah. He created that strain between, strain between Adam and Eve. And in the same way, so our counselor was telling us that if the marriage institution doesn't work, then it breaks the church apart because mm. we are the uh, we are the image of the church. When that illustration of the church mm. and the marriage is broken, then the outside world that's not of the church sees this. And if it, and if we look like the re- if we look like the rest of the world then there's no more image of Christ. There's no more, mm-hmm. what are we exactly mirroring, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so yeah. it, you know, it goes from the inside out, right? Mm-hmm. And it just creates this, again, ripple effect yeah. of um, of of what the devil has been doing and what yeah. he seeks to do from the very beginning. So mm-hmm. um, another follow-up question is, can we solely point blame at the devil or is this something that's within us as well in our sin nature and in our flesh mm-hmm. uh yeah i think it's i think it's wise not to waver like yeah. too far one way or the other <laughs> yeah. you know um i think it would just be wise for parents to know that hey like saint is real mm-hmm. um and the fact that yeah like we are saints now and we belong to christ now but again uh this fallen nature is 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 still here mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think just, just knowing that those two things are reality can already begin to help parents have a healthy perspective of, of like their marriage and mm-hmm. of, you know, walking alongside their kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because they understand that, hey, like this world is broken, this mm-hmm. world is fallen, therefore then um, we should live in a way to where we set up an environment for our kids to see the goodness of Christ and the hope that we have in mm-hmm. Him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I feel like we can't be either too far one or the other, right? Yeah. But again, like, just understanding that these this, this reality exists, I feel mm-hmm. like that should begin to yeah. um, be a, an encouragement to move us into a healthy direction, mm-hmm. not to shy away from it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like oftentimes we we see like the brokenness in the world and, and we mm-hmm. see what's happening and, and we kind of want to kind of turtle in and shy away, and, um, which is why I, I commend stuff like what you're doing right now, you know, which is um, not wanting to shy away from what's happening, but wanting to engage in conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like as parents, we can be wise to to present the hope that we have in Christ to our kids by engaging mm-hmm. in these conversations with them, right? Yeah. And having that understanding of this fallen world and what the hope that Christ has to offer for us mm-hmm. can help us in terms of presenting the Christ and his, the beauty of his cross truthfully yeah. to our kids, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's that's great because, um, yeah, you're totally right that we can't lean too far left, lean too far right, lean too far forward, yeah. But, yeah. but to know that we are equally hemmed on every side with with this Satan's work with our flesh and with our sin that 
the only way out is to look up towards the cross and know that he is the one who can lift us up. He's the one that um, is able to bring us out of these different parts of our lives. Um, and because of the nature of like the struggles that we go go through, we that's how much uh, more evidence that that's how much more we need Christ mm -hmm. in our life and how much the family institution needs Christ in our life that we can't do it because on this side we have our flesh on this side we have sin and temptation on this side we have the devil fighting against us and if it weren't if, if we're not looking towards Christ mm -hmm. we're, we're looking towards one of these other three things yeah, yeah. and if our eyes aren't fixed on Christ it may be easy to be discouraged right mm -hmm. but again mm -hmm. Christ is, is is very intentional to tell his disciples that hey like I, I've overcome the world mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. and, and how much can parents begin to lean into that in, in mm -hmm. the lives of their kids too, as they're wrestling through with just all of these things mm -hmm. happening. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's so important for us to know that we can't lose a battle that's already been won. Yeah, exactly. You know, we just we, we have to live a life that is victorious, not yeah. a life as if we are victims to yeah. something. Because we're not victim to sin anymore. We're not victim to flesh. We're not victim to Satan. We, we are victors in Christ. Exactly. And that's like that's why we have this ability and opportunity to um, to have family, to yeah. have, you know, family that's going to reflect what God yeah. ordained it for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Okay, so we are at the end of this. This yeah. is really um intriguing and mm -hmm. insightful to have this conversation with you i always hear you talk about it from like afar from ear hustling or like either i'm talking <laughs> ear hustling or I'm like talking to yeah. you about it at a high level um but um i definitely when it comes to family discipleship we hear solomon's mm -hmm. uh biblical wisdom on it and proverbs 22 sits train up your child and proverbs 1 8 listen my son to your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's mm -hmm. teaching so we hear these mm -hmm. kinds of wisdom and um like i said earlier my mom and dad they did a they had a really good balance with mm -hmm. um pushing my siblings and i towards um a, a place where we can be successful and independent mm -hmm. and their reason this is their reason for always pushing us is um, you, in order to serve God faithfully, you need to have a good job to tithe, <laughs> right? So, so they're like, you, so, yeah, that's so your mom. <laughs> yeah, that, definitely that's my funny. mom. And yeah. then, um, on the, on the, and both of you get balances. My mom yeah. was like that, right? But the thing is, they weren't concerned on ensuring that I would be accepted into Harvard, but rather mm -hmm. they were more so concerned about me being accepted into heaven, right? Yeah. And so my dad, wow. um, he did a great job at leading uh, prayer nights and, mm -hmm. and jumping into the Word and talking about it. I think we did that about two, three times a week, depending mm -hmm. on how busy we were. Even in college, he'd be yeah. like, all right, kids, let's sit down. We got to pray, yeah. you know. Wow. I feel the devil working hard. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah. so you know, uh, you know, I was definitely blessed with... Um, of my parents yeah. who who did that and even who they showed it in their marriage where mm -hmm. we saw my mom uh, and my dad had this marriage that definitely reflected Christ mm -hmm. in the church, mm -hmm. um, Christ in the bride. And so I have to say that if it weren't for my parents, if it weren't for their consi consistent teaching my life, I would have never turned back around and um, and mm -hmm. and um, and came to Christ because, yeah. uh, well, would have because his calling's persistent but anyways like but um but yeah going back to my parents if it weren't for them then mm -hmm. uh then i don't think i would be where i am because yeah. um scripture says it that once you once the parents teach their children they will not forget the teaching and that's something that they you know that we're to all mm -hmm. that i always came back to yeah um so 
speaking to that, what about in your life? So yeah. you're a youth pastor and now you're getting your um, master's in divinity and you're pursuing these things of God. How do you think your parents uh, played mm. a role in who you are today and um, in you becoming a pastor? Yeah. Oh, man. I, you know, I, I consider my parents, you know, God's grace in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, they weren't perfect in terms of like mm -hmm. discipling us, in terms yeah. of coming alongside. But um, it, it would take a handful of years before they developed a healthy rhythm of of um, of consistent family time where we're in the Word, where mm -hmm. we're praying together, right? Um, but what I can commend and, and admire my parents for is that I saw a genuine joy uh, in terms of their life living for the Lord, mm -hmm. right? I saw my dad faithfully serving the church. I saw my mom faithfully serving the church. Um, I remember on multiple occasions, my mom always, um, you know, sharing to me up until, you know, she, she just stopped working maybe like a year ago, right? But before that, she would always share um, with me like her gospel conversations and encounters with coworkers at church, mm -hmm. right? And that just always blew my mind. I'm like, man, I'm studying to be a pastor. Yeah, this woman is having consistent gospel encounters with people at work, mm -hmm. people whom she's with every day. And, and she's sharing Christ with them, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and that for me, you know, continues to to be a foundation for myself in terms of um, having a joy to make the gospel of Christ known in mm -hmm. the lives of those around us, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, even their marriage, like, you know, they're not perfect, but yeah, you know, yeah. I, I saw them fight, mm -hmm. but like, I always commend commend them because I saw them forgive, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like when I was younger, like. I don't think I knew how much of an impact it had on me, right? But now mm -hmm. that I'm married and have you know, and my wife, like mm -hmm. I see, like, oh, yeah, you know, like what a what a picture in the back of my mind mm -hmm. to re recall those things, mm -hmm. right? When, when me and my wife are in our own seasons of, um, you know, however you want to describe it, <laughs> but, like, um, rough seasons, yeah, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, but but like they just showed me an honest, um life of of living after christ mm -hmm. and they were you know they were intentionally you know teaching me and my brothers about our need for a savior mm -hmm. i can remember you know handful of conversations where mom's like you know like this is what christ has done for us right mm -hmm. and he has saved us right and we have life in him you know mm -hmm. and she would just say oh, i want to make sure that you guys know this mm -hmm. so that you guys can respond to this right um just remembering those conversations with my mother um at a young age right? yeah. with me and my brothers you know all, all kind of huddled together around her and so when it came to the time where where the lord impressed on my heart to to give my life you know to serve as church right they were on board mm -hmm. um and you know today they continue to be you know the ones who champion for me yeah. right uh they continue to be my number one supporters mm -hmm. they continue to be my prayer warriors um and they continue to be a pool of wisdom for me and my wife right mm -hmm. on how to live our lives for the Lord. Um, yeah, so till this day, you know, I, I admire them for mm -hmm. for what they did, right, and, yeah. and what they knew how to do, you know, mm -hmm. and the Lord definitely used their faithfulness, right, Yeah. Um, in, in my life and the life of my brothers. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, like, I, I really genuinely like that you said that they were God's grace in your life. Yeah. Like, that's a perfect, mm -hmm. um, like, way to say it, because that's yeah. definitely God's grace and like my parents have God's grace in my, in my life because it, like I've been saying like if it weren't for them like I, I definitely would not be here where mm -hmm. I am today yeah. um and just 
you know, I, I want to, I want to say this for both you and I, that our parents, again, they weren't perfect, but yeah. they definitely exuded, um, uh, you know, the, the fruits of God and, and his yeah. attributes and his character. Mm -hmm. And because we saw that we reflected that we were able to see that and be able to reflect that as well. I learned my patience through definitely my father. He mm -hmm. was just the most patient man yeah. ever. And I always told mm -hmm. myself, I want to be patient like yeah. my dad. And then with my mom is, she's uh, has so much tenacity and she has mm -hmm. so much um um strength in terms of just going and, and doing it instead mm -hmm. of waiting on it like when um she had told me one time that you know when when i heard um the message message of the gospel i didn't think i just did it because i knew that god was my savior and that he was mm -hmm. my lord and savior and even and even in her calling to uh was it to be a sunday school teacher she said when they asked, I said, I'll do it hmm. because I knew that they needed people and, and God wanted me to do it. And yeah. so like in that same way, like I learned patience from my dad. I learned tenacity and, and just a sh um, 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 pushing myself in ministry. Yeah. I learned that from my mom, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. so I think I want to say the same thing for yeah. you, too, where you mm -hmm. saw those different attributes and it, it made you who you became to do, yeah. are today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so last but not least, what is something mm -hmm. that you want to leave to the listeners or something you want to bless them with, with yeah. our conversations that we've had today? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to encourage you, you guys who are listening, you know, if you're our parents, um, and I want to kind of get a little ask if you know, I know I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a parent. Um, and I'm just kind of, you know, we're talking a lot of just kind of like principles and, mm -hmm. and like frameworks and stuff, but. Um, I want to encourage you guys to to continue to be faithful um, to the Lord's calling in your life to shepherd your kids and to love your kids and to teach and instruct and walk alongside of them. Um, and I know a lot of times when we talk about these things, it can create this kind of pressure mm -hmm. um, on you parents if you're like, oh man, you know, I haven't been professionally trained. Um, I don't know this about the Bible. I don't know what to do with these questions, these hard and difficult questions. Um, I just want to encourage you guys that faithful parenting is successful parenting um, mm -hmm. and, and being faithful to the Lord um, and the things that he has instilled you with. Um, and, and my prayer is that as a church, we would come alongside you guys as well in terms of equipping you guys to do that. Um, for kids, for children, whether it be young kids or teens, if you're listening as well, um, even, or even just for us, um, may we honor our parents mm -hmm. and may we see the fruit in, in honoring uh the individuals whom God has given to be the ones who would oversee our, us in this life, right? And and our honoring of them and our love for them and, and, and reverence for, for the role they play in our life is a picture of even our love for the Lord himself as our Father. Um, mm -hmm. And so churches, again, you know, I commend churches to come alongside um, our members and to uh, preach the whole counsel of the Word to equip our members to begin to walk in these things. And... Um, a last comment too is I, I know we're talking a lot about um, the family and the structure and I know that in all things not every circumstance is the same um, and yeah. a lot of families have been battered by sin um, however it looks like whether it be single moms single dads mm -hmm. um, divorcees um, you, know, if you, you know if you have no parents whatsoever um, I want to extend to you uh, the words that I've heard from Matt Chandler himself who, who say uh, where the ideal is lacking, grace abounds. And our prayers um, are for you guys as well. And, and may we as a church be um, mindful how we can come alongside you guys and love you guys as well. Um, and, that, and that we can trust that 
uh, the cross of Christ, what he's done for us is enough. And so I'll leave you guys with that. Yeah. Inspired. Very inspired. <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in today to um, the importance of family discipleship with Calling for Christ. Again, I'm Crystal Yang, and this is Pastor Jeffrey. Um, I leave you with these words from Micah 6 8 to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. <laughs>